Hey, good morning, my friends. How are we doing on this beautiful, beautiful day? Got quite a little adventure today. A little bit of time travel. How many people have heard of Edsel? You know, most everybody is familiar with the Edsel, the car that became synonymous for automotive failure, the 1950s car that sort of looked like a Buick sucking a lemon. For fans of automotive history, Edsel is also remembered as the talented son of Henry Ford that died way too early. These folks remember Edsel as the man that added class to Lincoln, introduced styling to Ford, and was responsible for some of the most beautiful Lincolns to ever roll from the company's factories. On this morning's special episode of 10 Minutes with Jim, we join a then 21-year-old Edsel Ford and his college buddies as they travel west to California in 1915 on an epic adventure. But before we step into our time machine, I want to thank Joe and the boys of the road crew for our theme song. If you ever need a bit of inspiration for an outing or a road trip, look no further than the Road Crew's website at roadcrew66.com for some great tunes and theme songs for your adventure. And, of course, I need to thank this week's program sponsor, Missouri's Mural City, Cuba. I spent several days in Cuba last October, never ate at the same restaurant, and always enjoyed an excellent meal. Now, that is pretty amazing in a town of less than 3,500 people. Counted among my favorite restaurants were the Four Way, Tuggy and Joe's, Frisco's, Rivera Maya, Missouri Hicks, Shelley's, and their old Rock Fair Tavern. I have a return trip planned for this fall as there are a couple more restaurants that need to be tried. This program and Jim Hinckley's America are also made possible through support of our crowdfunding initiative on the Patreon platform, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Jim Hinckley's America. Now, let's set the stage for today's adventure, a bit of time travel. In the summer of 1915, Edsel and a few friends set out on a grand adventure to the Panama Pacific Exposition in San Francisco. As with thousands of other tourists that summer, they decided to follow the National Old Trails Road as it provided access to the natural wonders of the Rocky Mountains and the Southwest, including the Grand Canyon and Petrified Forest. The added draw was the Pueblos and Native American village that gave the trip a feel of an adventure to a foreign land with exotic cultures. Now these were rich kids. Edsel, Thomas C. Whitehead, and Horace Calkins Jr. had a new Ford. Herbert Book and Robert Gray Jr. would drive a new 1915 Cadillac with V8 engine. And Frank Book and William Russell had a new Stut 6 F touring car. Shortly before 8 in the morning on Thursday, June 17, 1915, they set out from Dearborn, Michigan. At 11.30 that evening, they rolled into Indianapolis, finishing a day's run of 293 miles. Edsel's journal noted that he had had to repair a tire along the way and that the group had encountered muddy roads near Saline, Ohio. The next day, they covered 191 miles. 
after more than 12 hours on the road. The journal entry for June 19th starts in Vandalia, Illinois, and makes for an interesting read. Stutz had dirt in the vacuum pump. All remained in Vandalia until 10 a.m. Ford left first, became stuck in mud 18 miles east of St. Louis. Tackle and blocks failed to move it, hired a team. Ford skidded on wet pavement at East St. Louis, loosened spokes and right rear wheel. Arrived Hotel Jefferson in St. Louis at 4 o'clock p.m. Went to Ford Branch, left camping equipment and procured new rear wheel. Day's run, 85 miles. The following day, Edsel sheared bolts off a rear wheel. Now, for the modern motors, this would be a road trip from hell. But for these boys, it was simply the travel experience of the time. That evening in Marshall, Missouri, after dinner and cleaning up at the hotel, they took in a movie. In reading the entry for June 23rd, I was thinking to myself, what if these boys didn't have pockets full of cash? What if they didn't have a bit of pull resultant of daddy's name? What if they were just the average Joe? Slid into ditch two miles from Olathe, Kansas. Stuck five hours in rain. Tried various means of getting out. Finally called garage in Olathe. Ford came to assistance and with the aid of five men got out with cracked rear wheel. That service call cost them five dollars. To put that in perspective, the average annual salary in 1915 was $687. His traveling companions in the Stutson Cadillac continued without Edsel while he had the car cleaned and repaired. He left Alotha, Kansas at noon and proceeded to drop the car into a mud hole within five miles. In exchange for assistance, he gave a tramp that was begging rides a lift. On the 25th, Edsel noted that the best road since leaving Indianapolis and as a result covered 70 miles in just three hours. The following day he found even better roads as he traveled west from Dodge City, Kansas and clipped along at 75 miles in three hours. And then he broke the universal joint housing and spent time doing car repair. Mind you, this was a brand new car when he left Dearborn a week before. The Model T wasn't fragile, it was durable, but even a modern Jeep would likely suffer problems under similar conditions. The July 1st entry is another interesting snapshot of travel on what constituted a major highway in 1915. Took one hour to go four miles up Long Steak Hill. Had to remove all superfluous weight from cars such as seat cushions, tools, tents, and baggage. Had to carry these up by hand. Days run 57 miles. Another interesting aspect of Etzel's Chronicle is that these young men, wealthy as they were, had no qualms about performing major repairs in a garage or along the road. In Las Vegas, New Mexico, after a restful night's sleep and hearty breakfast at the Costaneda Hotel, Edsel changed the brake bands and repaired a rear axle. In Albuquerque, he replaced a speedometer cable. Near Socorro, New Mexico, he repaired the magneto. And of course, repairing tires was an almost daily experience. The journal also gives a glimpse at a world of state of dramatic transition. Now keep in mind that Arizona had become a state just three years before Edsel's trip. In Kingman, Arizona, horse-drawn stagecoaches ran until 1916. GAR reunions for the Union Army veterans that had fought in the Civil War were still well attended. And the last battle between American Indians and the United States Army had occurred just 25 years before. In 1915, something as simple as purchasing gasoline was a challenge, especially in remote areas, areas such 
of Arizona, New Mexico, and in the Mojave Desert of California, and as a result, the price charge was often worthy of noting. In 1915, gasoline sold in Detroit for 12 to 15 cents a gallon. Edsel noted that in Cuamato, New Mexico, gasoline was 40 cents per gallon. Signage was also an issue. Becoming lost was just a normal part of the travel experience. On Wednesday, July 7th, Edsel and his buddies lost the road after leaving Isleta south of Albuquerque, found the National Trails Road again in Belen, and after repairing the blowout, ended the day camping near Magdalena, unsure if they were even on the highway. On July 9th, Edsel spent two hours driving aimlessly in the woods near Flagstaff before finding someone who could provide direction. Originally, the National Old Trails Highway had followed the course of Trail to Sunset by entering Arizona near Springerville and then connecting with the Ocean to Ocean Highway at Yuma. After 1913, it was rerouted across northern Arizona, a route that became Route 66 after 1926. There were two primary reasons for the realignment. One was tourism, as the new route provided access to the petrified forest, the Grand Canyon, and other natural wonders. It also provided access to the railroad, which eased the acquisition of parts, and in worst-case scenarios, battered cars could be loaded and shipped home or to their final destination via rail. Emily Post shipped her car to California from New Mexico after her car gave up the ghost during an epic trip that she transformed into a bestseller by motor to the Golden Gate. Etzel's buddies and the Stutz were forced to send their car from Albuquerque to the Grand Canyon, a result of broken springs. Etzel's adventure wasn't a rarity in 1915. In fact, more than 20,000 people who attended the exposition arrived by automobile from outside the state of California. His journal is an amazing time capsule. You can read the entire journal on our crowdfunding website as I posted it in serial format over the course of several months. Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of 10 Minutes with Jim. And if you have ideas or suggestions for future programs, especially if they include the reviewing of pie on a road trip, please let me know. And if you have travel questions, drop a note. After all, telling people where to go is my specialty. I hope that you can join us next week. And Jim Hinckley's America Adventures are guaranteed, and on our next program, we'll be doing something a bit different with a discussion about the international nature of Route 66. So, until we meet again, amigos, here's to safe travels and grand adventures. Vaya con Dios!